Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about the Catalan language. Catalan is a vibrant living language with 10 million speakers and a history stretching back to the Middle Ages. But in that time, it's often been attacked and marginalised and some speakers still feel discriminated against today. And with statistics showing a decline in use, on this podcast we're doing a bit of a checkup on the health of the language and asking what the prognosis is for the future. We'll hear from Elin Half Griffith Jones, an expert on minority languages, and Oscar Escudé from the Plataforma per la Lengua, Platform for the Language, a group that promotes the Catalan language. I'm joined here today by Gifre Jordan and Jared Escatch Folk. Nice to see you both. Bon dia, coming in. Yeah, bon dia, molve, Lorcan. Hi, Lorcan, how are you? Nice to see you again. We decided to do this podcast, Gifre, a couple of weeks ago, and then all of a sudden it became the big news this week, didn't it? Tell us what's happened. Yeah, it's been quite insane. I mean, we, we couldn't know that this would happen. Well, basically this week what happened was like uh, the Spanish Supreme Court has confirmed, has upheld a prior sentence by a, by a lower court imposing 25% of classes in Catalan schools in Spanish. At the moment and for four decades, Catalan has been uh, the working language in all schools of Catalonia, so used in all subjects, except for Spanish, uh, English, or any other language. But now this sentence says, hey, no, uh, this cannot be like this anymore. 25% of the hours at school for children have to be in Spanish. Okay, and why has this come about? Well, we have to go back to the late 1970s. After 40 years of of the Franco dictatorship, Catalan was uh, limited, it was prohibited uh, in public, so people would only learn Spanish at school and they would only learn Catalan, those who, you know, who had Catalan-speaking environments or or family. Mm -hmm. I quite often learn how to speak it, but maybe not how to write it, for example. That's for sure, that's what happens. Okay, so so with the transition to democracy, that all changed? Exactly, that all changed. Uh, The the Catalan authorities, when they regained self-rule, they persuaded Spain to to create this uh, immersion system, Mm -hmm. which means all lessons in Catalan in order to protect it. Because their philosophy is, we take for granted that people will learn Spanish mm-hmm. because it's everywhere. It's in the press, it's on the telly, TV, it's in all conversations, supermarkets, everywhere. Uh, but if people don't learn Catalan at school, the first thing we will have is two linguistic communities in mm-hmm. Catalonia. For instance, this happens in Basque Country and in other places, and authorities thought that was not the best system to have two separate linguistic communities. And second thing is like, they thought it was the only way to make sure that when people were 16 after school, they would get a good domain in both languages. Mm-hmm. That was the philosophy of the immersion system. And, and they I'm, say also equal opportunities. For example, if you're, you're going for a public job or whatever and you need to speak Catalan, exactly. and if you haven't learned Ima- it, then... Imagine you-, you have the chance not to learn Catalan at school and your family is Spanish-speaking. You don't have any input in Catalan. Catalan is not that in the air in certain areas, especially urban areas. So so maybe, yeah, whenever you look for a job, the public system hasn't taught you Catalan. So that's that's a little bit the, the philosophy of this immersion. But uh, in the past 10, 15 years, there's been some sectors of people, some, some communities who said, well, this is 
this shouldn't go on like this because people should have the right to choose. Okay, no, no, I want my child to 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 have school in Spanish. And I should say, it, I mean, what you can do in the private school sector, uh, th we're talking here about public schools, aren't exactly. we? Exactly, which is like the vast majority of people. So because of that, it's public schools and this uh, concertadas schools. Yeah, which is like schools that are kind of private, but they have some public funding as well. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's the thing. So that's a little bit the the, the two sides. Uh, I must say that according to this Plataforma para la Lengua that you just mentioned, uh, there is a survey saying that 8 in 10 Catalans defend that the immersion has to go on, even Spanish-speaking people, because they want their children to be able to speak Catalan yeah. better than they do, you know? So what's the reaction like? Because, as you say, it's a very popular policy in Catalonia, something that was voted with a massive majority in Parliament. Exactly. Not only pro-independence uh, parties, but also some who are not pro-independence, they, they are also in favour of it. I'd say maybe just the most staunchly unionist parties especially the right-wing parties, would be against immersion. But in the end, well, this went to court and the Spanish Supreme Court has decided this. But the issue is, well, there were some reactions. The Catalan government obviously is outraged and, and some other voices too. And the key thing now is like, okay, will this be implemented or not? Well, this Supreme Court uh, sentence is based on a law which is no longer in force. Uh, but, okay, now there's another education law because the, the the parties in the Spanish government have changed. But the sentence doesn't say whether this has to be applied or not because they're, they're talking about a revoked law. So, so it's quite complicated from a legal point of view. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's been in the news all week this week in Catalonia with the Catalan education minister saying to basically to schools, no, you keep doing what you were doing before. Don't, don't take this on. And obviously that has angered some opposition politicians as well. Gerard, we heard Guifrey said there that the current policy is designed to protect Catalan. But the question is, is it working? Well, technically, no. According to Catalan Education Department figures, we've seen a decrease in the use of Catalan. For example, in 2006, 60% of the teachers were speaking Catalan uh, to their students. Now it's 47%. And students are following the same path because before it used to be 67% of the students are speaking Catalan. Now it's only two out of 10 that use the language. So and this is with the policy that, as we've been saying, the education system is pretty much 100% in Catalan. So Indeed. Yeah, some activists say, well, okay, so this uh, Supreme Court sentence of 75% Catalan, 25% Spanish, that is good for Catalan because now <laughs> yeah, it's, it's less than a joke 75. Actually, yeah, they make this that joke. That could improve so. the, the yeah, situation. Yeah. So staying in within education... After school, obviously, comes university. How does it work in Catalan universities? Here? Well, similar to what we've seen in education, but a little bit even worse, we could say, because especially uh, universities, they don't have this policy of immersion system. Mm -hmm. They can speak whichever language they want. Like, in fact, at the beginning of the year, every course, every university, they give you, like, these are going to be your subjects, and this is going to be the language that they are going to be uh, taught. Some of them, like, they don't even, like, follow this, this guide. For example, you can see Catalan and they, like, end up speaking Spanish. And in fact, Plataforma per la Lengua, they released recently a website allowing university students and professors to report Catalan discrimination. And in less than a month, they had over 120 complaints already. Mm -hmm. So I guess the thing is, 
you know, because people come from outside Catalonia to attend Catalan University, so they might want to do courses in Spanish. There's some courses available in English too. But the thing is, once it's advertised as being in a certain language, you kind of expect it to be in that yeah. language. Yeah, and we've always had this situation, myself and, and probably you, Gerard, and, and everyone here in Catalonia, where you expect it to be in Catalan and 99% of students understand it, they have no problem, but there's always a couple of Erasmus students or something who've uh, enrolled And in the first lesson, they would point out, well, actually, I don't speak any Catalan. Can you do it in Spanish? And then professors have this dilemma, you know, okay, mm -hmm. should I switch to Spanish uh, or, or not? Because it was supposed to be in Catalan. So that's, that's a big topic here, too. Okay, now we're going to hear from two language activists. Oscar Escudé is president of Plataforma per la Lengua, this group we've mentioned a couple of times, Platform for the Language. So that's a group that lobbies for the use and defense of Catalan. And Professor Aileen Have Griffith-Jones from the University of Wales Trinity St. David. She's going to give us a bit of a broader picture outside Catalonia as well. Uh, she's a member of the Council of Europe's expert group on regional and minority languages and president of the European Language Equality Network too. It's very rare, really, that you find a situation that a minority language is doing well, where there's absolutely no um, activism going on. Activism is essential. We just want to be like the other citizens of other parts of Europe or the democratic world, citizens that can live normally in their own language, in their own territory. Well, we know that worldwide that there are about 7,000 languages that are being spoken in the world today, and some of those languages are in very precarious situations. And over the course of the next decades, and certainly by the end of this century, we will see that number halved. The administrations have not fulfilled their roles, what they should have done, and this includes especially the uh, state-level administration, the Spanish and the French state and also the regional administrations. If we think of Greenlandic, for example, then that is an indigenous language spoken by 90% of the population. It's used in government, it's used in university, it's used in, in legislation and so on. So it's a, an indigenous language that has all the tools, if you like, of, of a contemporary language. Most Catalan-speaking citizens when they are addressed by somebody speaking Spanish, we switch to Spanish, and that's a tremendous failure, that's a mistake, a big mistake, because pretty much everyone living here understands Catalan. Our societies and our policies need to be adequate to ensure that people who move to our territories to live become part of our societies and that they to have an equality of opportunity to become speakers of the languages of the territory. And if we don't use Catalan in all normal situations, it gives the impression to new newcomers or to or people who is living here, even they are not newcomers, but they have the feeling that Catalan is not necessary at all. The languages that have strong media presence The languages that have official status are much, much more likely to survive into future centuries. 
than those that don't have uh, those key factors. So we've got a varied picture in Europe. And what's important as well is when the language communities come together is that all of the language communities can learn from each other. And sometimes that means that the smaller language groups need to be able to work together. Here in Spain, if you put Disney Channel or Disney Plus, you can watch, I think it's 35 or 37, 30 something movies in Catalan. And here as well, you can watch, I think it's 93 movies in Icelandic. Icelandic has 300,000 uh, speakers. I have nothing against Icelandic. That, <laughs> that's very clear. I'm very glad for them that they can see as many movies as possible. Now is the time to be investing in language technology because if we don't invest in it now, it'll be too late to play a catch-up game in 10, 15 years' time. That was Oscar Escudé from the Plataforma Pela Lengua, Platform for the Language, and Elin Half Griffith Jones. Thanks to the two of them. I'm just looking at Elin's biography here. She's multilingual. In addition to her native Welsh and English, she speaks Basque, Catalan, French, Galician, and Spanish, and, if that's not enough, has knowledge of Italian, Portuguese, German, and Irish. My who, Eileen. Well done, Ben Fett. God, that's putting us all to shame, isn't it? Indeed, yes. We should check who speaks better Irish, whether you or Eileen. Yeah, yeah. Or our Catalan as well. I mean, we, can, Catalan, I can, we yeah. can have a conversation with her in multiple languages. Something that Oscar said there was that, as well as regional governments, he said that the French state and the Spanish state could do more. Now, we haven't really talked about where Catalan is spoken, but he's obviously mentioned the French state there. So do you want to explain a little bit for our listeners the overall picture? It's not just spoken in Catalonia. Yeah, exactly. Apart from Catalonia, the, the, the two other big territories where Catalan is spoken is the, is the Valencian region uh, south of Catalonia and the Balearic Islands. That so is Mallorca, Menorca, Ibiza. Uh, Ibiza, Ibiza, exactly. And there are other tiny strips too. Yeah, exactly. But the... One that's like most notorious or outside of Spain is in France. It's called Catalonia del Nord in Catalan, North Catalonia. And it's a region in France near Perpignan next to the Pyrenees. And because of history and it dates back to the Middle Age as well, there used to be a Catalan society. So they still use Catalan, no, obviously not as much as in Catalonia, Valencia or Balearic Islands. It's barely spoken, though. Exactly. Uh, it's one of, the, one of the territories where Catalan is like ailing, I'd say. <laughs> and on the other end of the, of the scale, we've got Andorra, uh, this, this uh, microstate mm -hmm. where it's the only place in the world where Catalan is official yeah. okay, as a state. Let's say it's the only state in the world. Where Catalan is the only official language. And then there's also a little strip of land, isn't there, just uh, over the Catalan border in Aragon. Exactly. La Ponen, we call it. Okay. And um, the town of Alguer, Alguero, on the island of Sardinia. Yeah, yeah. Correctly. Exactly. Correctly. Which deserves a full podcast. Which, okay, we'll do it. Yeah, list. yeah, we'll do that another time. <laughs> so it's, it's got quite a wide geographic spread, certainly wider than you might expect if you just think, okay, Catalan, Catalonia, it's, it's much wider than that. Uh, but w talk, talk to me a little bit about the, the trends here because as a minority or minoritized language as activists call it 
um, it is in danger of declining. Yeah, it's been, it's been in danger for centuries, I'd say, uh, ever since 1714, where when Catalonia lost its sovereignty, let's say, or its self-rule. So it's been banned so many times from uh, in, in the past 300 years. And, and its health, it's, it's always been uh, in question. But uh, of course, especially now, now it's, now it's a time uh, of history where globalization is very strong. And, and one of the fields where this is felt is, is the audiovisual sector. Um, hmm. Indeed, Spain is uh, now trying to pass an audiovisual law. And some Catalan voices have raised the question of, okay, maybe we should protect Catalan in this law. And, and introduce some quotas uh, so that whenever you switch on uh, streaming platforms such as Netflix, you don't get only content in Spanish or in English because the generations to come are increasingly consuming such audiovisual contents, also YouTube and so on. Yeah, it's one thing learning it in school, but it's totally different if, you know, if you're a kid, especially, I think, and you're growing up learning it, you know, you want to watch... TV series, yeah, exactly. Films. Exactly. When I was a kid, there used to be this Super Tres channel, so Catalan Public Broadcaster channel for kids. I used to watch that every single afternoon after school, and especially on weekends, like all day, like watching TV. But now we see also that Disney Plus, for example, Netflix, HBO, we have like several uh, streaming services where Catalan, despite having the opportunity to be there because the movies have been dubbed and they are translated and they are there. They are not available to watch them online because, for example, Disney Plus decided from 100, almost 150 movies available in Catalan, they only decided to upload 35 of them in Catalan and the other ones you have to watch them in Catalan somewhere else if you want to. And, and it would be free, right? Exactly. To, to, for them to upload them in Catalan. And they it have the rights. Happen. It's just kind of, um, yeah. well, they it's not quite just a click of a button, but maybe not far off, you know, upload the no, audio dubbing. So. In, in yeah. fact, they own that the, that, yeah, that, that version. Yeah. And that's a, another thing interesting to say, just to follow up with what Gerard was saying. It's like back in the 90s, Spanish-speaking children would watch uh, stuff in Catalan. Even 90% of, of students uh, would watch uh, Super Tres channel. Uh, All the cartoons. I, I was checking. I was checking. Yeah, the cartoons, of course, because there was also there was only this channel to to watch. Uh, but now audiences are like zero point five percent of the global audience for this channel. So, mm. and I suppose this kind of increasing globalization and the tech that we all have access to and YouTube and all that is maybe one, just one of the reasons that actually the number of Catalan speakers not just in Catalonia, but in all those mm -hmm. places that we mentioned, in the last 15 or so years has dropped by half a million people. So there are now 4.5 million people who regularly use the language, and that's down half a million, 500,000 from 2005. Yeah, and we can also see similar figures in Barcelona, for example. Right now, Plataforma per la Llengua says that 53% of the population in Barcelona, they sometimes use Catalan or even never. Yeah. So that's like one out of two. That's a lot of people. And this is Barcelona, obviously the capital, the capital of Catalonia. So Yeah, it is surprising to, to go, for me, it is surprising to go to some shops or something and, and they, they don't understand. Yeah. It, it's not a matter of, okay, yeah, this conversation will be in Spanish because, no, it's it's like if I speak in Catalan, they won't understand. Yeah. You know, it must be a strange... Un café yeah. They won't understand un café yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, literally. White like, coffee in case our listeners didn't catch it. <laughs> exactly. So it, it's shocking uh, not to not to be understood with such simple things. Basic and, phrases as yeah. well. Yeah it, yeah, it must be strange being a Catalan, speaking Catalan in Catalonia and not being able to get served in a cafe or a restaurant. Um, another kind of uh, environment where Catalan is not really used that much is in the courts. Uh, only 7.4% of sentences are done in Catalan and that's the lowest figure in the last 15 years so you could say it's decreasing as well um, is there any hope for our patient the Catalan yes, language? Yes there is a little bit of hope like we've seen in the last years as well like numbers have decreased obviously the use of Catalan like it's not as common as before but online we see over 500 Catalan content creators so and these people they have millions and millions of views on YouTube, Twitch even TikTok they have over 300 million viewers on a hashtag in Catalan in TikTok. So, yeah, there's like, it's not that bad. Yeah, and I have to say, as someone who's moved here, it is quite easy to learn Catalan. There's a group, I'll give you the website here, it's cpnl.cat, cpnl.cat, the Consorci para la Normalización Linguística, a bit of a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Um that is worth checking out. They do free beginner classes if you live in Catalonia. And another really interesting website which has links to things like Spotify playlists, YouTube series, which I think is a really important way to learn the language too. It's an organization called Institut Ramon Llull. That's www.llull.cat. If you you don't know how to spell that, that's L-L-U-L-L. Worth checking out. Also worth checking out a previous podcast we did just a few months ago on learning Catalan. Episode 45, it's called Parlem Catalan, Learning Catalan at Home and Abroad. And it's time now for our Catalan phrase. Well, we do it every week, special this week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's our contribution for, for the language and, and to encourage people also to learn Catalan, encourage our audience internationals to learn Catalan. What's it this week, Ifre? Clay Catalan. Clary Catalan, that's one I've heard. Clear and Catalan, it kind of just means yeah. talk some sense or something. Yeah, when, or, whenever you want to say something clearly, yeah. you would say this. <laughs> or I, will, I will say this. Be concise. Be concise, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like Get to the point a bit. Exactly. No, yeah. Tell me Clary Catalan. Tell uh, me cla- the opposite that we are doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we've got time for today. Thanks very much again to Oscar Escudé. Uh, from Plataforma per la Lengua and to Professor Elin Hav Griffith-Jones for speaking to us this week. Moltes gracias, Gifre y Gerard. Moltes gracias, un plaer. Un plaer también. And thanks, of course, to you for listening. We'll be back again next week with another episode of Filling the Sink. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, que vaya molt bé. Adiós.